this is Blaze Allison Kearsley, creator, producer, and host of the How I Learn series. This story you're about to hear is from Tyler Coates, contributing editor at Black Book Magazine. It was recorded live at Happy Ending Lounge on the Lower East Side in New York City, and the theme of the night was How I Learn It's a Living, stories from the underemployed, the unemployed, and the working stiffs. Enjoy. Thank you. So I started going to therapy in March of 2008 when I was about to turn 25. Nancy, my therapist, was a very sweet woman, and I couldn't help but find her excitement very endearing when I told her why I was coming to see her. I just broke up with my serious boyfriend. I just came out to my parents via email. Oh, and my father's dying. Let's do this, she said, like rolling up her arm, like ready to put that degree to use. And you can imagine like how disappointed she was for the next three months when I just bitched about how terrible my fucking job was. Um, so I started working for Bill the previous November. Um, he was a professor at one of the larger and more prominent universities in Chicago, uh, leading an, a research institute that was housed in the uh, college's medical school downtown. He was a brilliant man, um, and while he only taught every other quarter, he did get to fly around the world making lots and lots of money lecturing about nanotechnology. Um, now, I have an English degree, so I have no idea what he did, um, but his research group um, made some paralyzed mice start walking again, so that's pretty cool. Um, it's good for stuff. Um, so, I had, so I had no idea how much money an admin assistant position would make, and so you can imagine how excited I was when I found out it made $38,000 a year. I was so fucking rich. Um, now, I was in Chicago, so my rent was $500 a month and for my one room and a two-bedroom apartment. I didn't have any student loans, uh, so the only thing I spent money on was beer, DiGiorno pizzas, and Criterion Collection DVDs that I bought used that I never watched because old foreign movies are boring and they make me fall asleep. But they looked great on my shelf. Um, and Bill recognized that it would take some time for me to get comfortable in the position because he had an extremely busy schedule that I was managing. Uh, I had to do all of his travel and pay attention to all of his like travel preferences, which there were many. Um, and to learn all the names of his students, his colleagues, all these important scientific people like at a national level. And I also had to like write letters of recommendation for him, featuring like very sciencey jargon that I didn't understand because he was too busy. Um, so when he was actually in the office, uh, I rarely got any work done because he was having me run around Chicago all over the place. And at first I referred to the job as stressful, but in a good way, um, which is a lie I told myself because the honeymoon period ended very quickly. Um, what, it's a job that I thought that I wanted and turned into um, basically me having a 55-year-old child who wore very expensive Italian suits and yelled at me a lot. Um, Bill yelled at me a lot. He yelled at me from his office. He yelled at me from Japan. He yelled at me as I was sitting in the passenger seat of his Mercedes. Um, I cried a lot with Bill. Um, <laughs> Bill is a very important scientist, self-described, and part of, the, <laughs> part of the job of being a VIS is to, depend, to demand certain luxuries, such as having an assistant to do all the mundane and undesirable shit that one has the 
so that one has the mind space to do science. Um, I resented him immediately because I just couldn't understand the concept of a grown man who seemingly was very smart but just couldn't do simple things like email people back. <laughs> so I, I thought it was very strange that he passed this on to a 20-something with a liberal arts degree. Um, also, I was slightly preoccupied because my father was dying, so keep that in mind. Um, I recognize now that I was terrible at my job. I should not have been anyone's assistant because, A, I didn't care. Uh, B, I just I wasn't able to read his mind as he told me that I had to do several times. Um, previously, I had had only one other job working at another, another university um, where I was working in admissions, like doing data entry. And my job was basically to look busy, which meant I was watching movies on Netflix Instant, which had just started like once I was there. So I was like watching Giant and Dr. Zhivago because I was never going to watch that on my own anyway because I was never going to sit down in front of my computer for four hours. Um, and I was also only making $22,000 a year. So clearly like blowing through my bank account, overdrawing it all the time. So um, I knew at the time that with more money comes more problems, but I don't think... <laughs> P. Diddy or Diddy or whatever um, had like an angry bald scientist yelling at him five to ten times a day. Um, so uh, in May, when my father's uh, illness took a turn for the worse, I headed home kind of just to wait it out and, you know, for the inevitable. And Bill was very nice about the situation, as, as he should have been. Um, but I could tell he was very frustrated with the fact that I was half a country away making a kind of half-assed attempt at being his assistant, um, whereas I would be doing a half-assed attempt at doing it if I was in Chicago at the time. Um, and we had a phone call every day where I'd go through what he had to do, all of his meetings and his travel, and he would always say, he would always end the call, so, so when do you think you're coming back? Uh, and finally, one time, I like, actually spoke up. I was like, I don't know, Bill. I guess when my dad finally kicks it, I'll be right there. Um, <laughs> Nancy, my therapist at the time, uh, suggested that I yell back at Bill all the time just to see what would happen. Um, and A, I'm very shy and terrified of, of adults. And, and B, I don't think she realizes I did that I needed to keep my job to pay for therapy and I was going to therapy because of my job. So it was very, is a problem. Um, so around that time, after my dad died, uh, and I went back to Chicago, and um, Bill decided that the grieving process was over, and he could start yelling and, and threatening to fire me a lot again after, like, three weeks. Um, I decided I was done with the job. And I, you know, I said to him, I was like, you know, I don't know if this is working out. And uh, he kind of seemed surprised that I didn't see the job as, like, this amazing opportunity that like having dreams of newly unparalyzed mice like charging at me <laughs> because I didn't send an email, like that wasn't something I should like enjoy waking up to at cold sweats in the night. Um, so when I gave him my notice, it was summer 2008, which, you know, that's when the whole country went to shit. So I didn't have another job left over, like that's how bad it was. And he, you know, he wasn't even surprised. Um, but I, I was honest when I told him, I was like, you know, I had a really good opportunity with this. You know, you taught me a lot about things. Um, what I did learn was that um, while I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, I did have a better idea of what I didn't want to do, which was be yelled at 
by anyone. Um, so the last two weeks after I gave my notice were slightly relaxing. He didn't really threaten to fire me when he yelled at me the last six or seven times. Um, and when the last day of work, which he kept me late, by the way, um, when we shook hands and, and, and parted ways, he told me that despite everything, I was a very nice young man, as many young people have said to me before. And he would be very willing to write me a lovely letter of recommendation, but I would have to write it myself. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, it's Blaze again. Check out howilearnseries.com to keep up on upcoming shows and the podcast. And um, that's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>